mountaintop Burning like a silver flame The summit of beauty and love Andrea is her name She's got us Yeah baby, she's got us I am Andrea I'm your fire with your desire further confirm this interesting experience of time that I am having and I'm supposed to share with all of you in case maybe some of you are experiencing time slips and time warps and time merging. So I will pick up where I left off in that story and as far as the community calendar this week, uh, I'm fairly certain that for the Soberish community there will be another Facebook event on Sunday, which is a yoga and Reiki healing session uh, on Zoom. The link is at the Facebook event, and I'll share that in show notes when I have that. And then also, Kristen with Junebug Arts will be starting her chakra painting series on Instagram Live at some point this week. I don't have the exact date and time, so when that information becomes available, I will include it. In the meantime, let's get to timey-wimey stuff because it's a lot to get through. Thanks for coming back. All right, so let's get back into this time story. Where we left off in the last episode, I had met a man named Ferdinand who was a long-distance boo. I mentioned that at some point here, when that goes south, I meet my soulmate, and uh, we will talk about how all that relates. So if you haven't already gone and listened to Astral Knot Training Part 1 and 2, especially the timey-wimey first half of this story, I would go back and listen to that first, or else this will not make nearly as much sense or be as exciting. At least I think it's exciting. So to recap, I've had this dream that is like a long-term extended trip to the future. Uh, I start becoming aware of those synchronicities in real time, or at least what I guess you call real time. Honestly, at this point, I'm not exactly sure what real time is anymore because it is so fluid and seamless in my life that it is difficult to define at times and I have a hard time trying to grasp now I suppose because it's like okay well am I in past now 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 or future now because I'm seeing them all at the same time (laughs) oh my goodness So I had had this dream, I confirmed with my child that they remembered that I had this dream years and years ago. So Ferdinand 
Well, um, my, my relationship with him was interesting because, uh, the truth is, is I had some pretty icky attachment style difficulties. If you're not sure what attachment style is, you can look it up on Google fairly easily, but in short, there's securely attached, which means exactly what it sounds like. You're securely attached. You're not anxious all the time, uh, walking on eggshells, and you're also not ignoring and avoiding intimacy. Then there's anxiously attached, and then there's avoidant. Uh, anxiously attached, you need to constantly be taking the temperature, the relationship, having interaction with this person, or else, you know, you don't feel safe in your relationship with them. And then avoidant is... Um, avoiding closeness and whatnot because you don't want to be hurt and it's easier to avoid intimacy than to be vulnerable. So uh, neither of those things work out very well and at the time that I met Ferdinand I was still a very anxiously attached person and I was also recovering from that surgery like I mentioned. So he and I were um energetically dancing in a romantic capacity for about six months and it ultimately culminated in um, him lying about some things and me finding out and um, telling him I was done with that and part of the whole experience with him there was uh, almost like an energetic enmeshment which really wasn't like a healthy connection but the purpose of it, at least on my end, I'm not exactly sure what he got out of the deal, to be honest. Um, on my end, it helped me work through that uh, attachment trauma history and some of my abandonment stuff and a lot of my dysfunctional uh, relationship programming that I had been living with for a really long time, probably most of my life. So in the meantime, while I was having this romantic attachment with him, I made a friend um, who was into music like me and um, interested in politics and uh, working on developing an app. We had a lot of mutual interests and different things. And so he was a friend. And he was my friend for quite a while. Uh, we <laughs> did things like watch the end of Game of Thrones together. And uh, then we were also working on development of a project that I can't specifically reference because of non-disclosure and intellectual property. But, uh, you know, we had a lot of irons in the fire and uh, we're working together in that capacity and then also just being friends I I recognized him immediately I recognized his his energy his aura his um magnetism as it related to me and everything was just very um fun easy and after uh things ended with Ferdinand. Um, by the time that happened, it wasn't too long after that, um, my soulmate and I realized that, uh, we 
were madly in love with each other and wanted to be together no matter what, in spite of whatever odds might come our way. And so we started uh, getting closer and having a romantic relationship together. And through that process, I began to have what I would call simulation awareness. What I mean by that is part of the astronaut training as I've experienced it is we leave our bodies when we're sleeping. Um, and while we're there, we run these scenarios, these uh, time loops, these life circumstances and life experiences. So we go up and we rehearse this and we, we run it over and over and over again until we figure out all the possible outcomes and decide what our highest good is in that situation. And as I started experiencing this, it was like um, sign markers, like I mentioned in Easter eggs, they, they would be glowing. It would be things that would come up and they would trigger me to remember, oh, okay, I've done this before and often how this worked for me is I would have a dream, at least it felt like a dream, but I know it wasn't really a dream. It was just the astronaut training and I was remembering it, but I would remember like the worst outcome, like uh, I would be... I would be able to retain the information of how not to do it and what would get the results I didn't want, which may sound kind of funny, but I guess, I don't know, with my higher self and my earth self and my sense of humor and my guides and the way things roll, it's really not that crazy. So basically the way this works for me is I remember, I like I know what's coming and then when it arrives, I'm like in my head going, okay, this is how it turns out the worst so what is the opposite of that? And I think about the best course of action. And um, nine times out of 10, things turn out really well. As I've been experiencing this, it has accelerated and become faster and faster. It used to be, you know, when I had this first really long dream, that was, oh gosh, five years ago now we're talking. Uh, and the, you know, this timeline that I was given a glimpse of, even before the pandemic and all that stuff arrived, I really felt like that was to show me that no matter what came between the point where I had the surgery and the point where I was together in my backyard with my soulmate, uh, whatever happened in between, it was going to be okay. And that I would get to that place on the timeline that I was trying to anchor in and head towards along with my soulmate. So the simulation awareness and the timeline started to become faster and faster. So it would be like, I'd have a dream six months before something happened. And then I'd have the awareness three months before it happened. And it's gotten to the point now where it's almost instantaneous. I'm having the awareness as I'm in an experience of all the potential outcomes, all the potential choices I have, and then I, I know exactly what I'm supposed to do. And as long as I follow that intuition, 
things turn out great. Even things that initially you think, oh man, this is horrible. And I'm sure some examples specifically will come to me in a little bit, but um, right now I'm not exactly thinking of it. One of the things that was funny that would start to happen uh, with this timeline experience for me is that I would, it would feel like I teleported places or uh, it would feel like, you know, my kids were doing the same thing. Like our timelines were jumping around so much that uh, it felt like a distortion of time or like a time slip. Like um, I, let's see, I would be in a part of the house and then they wouldn't be there. I would turn my head and then they were there as if they just blipped in versus actually coming from whatever part of the house they were in, walking by me, walking up the stairs, going to where they were. And they started noticing these things happening. And so that's when I uh, became aware that this wasn't just me having this experience of time being more fluid and timelines trying to merge together and uh, kind of anchor in so that those fragmented timelines of ourselves are all merging in. So the first time I think I really noticed this uh, relationship type of simulation awareness was um, an experience that my soulmate and I had. It was very difficult. I could have easily like this is one of those things that could have easily broken up broken us up I'm not going to go into super detail about it but when the situation came up for me I remembered seeing it all before I remembered the ways in which I did not respond for my highest self and that it resulted in us splitting um so I I did the opposite. I proceeded differently in the situation and things turned out well for us. And every time we have one of those experiences where we're working something out like that, and I'm aware of the timeline distortion, it is usually a resolution of some kind of trauma from our past separately. It is uh, a healing of, it was a healing of my attachment style because every time these things came up and I followed my intuition and listened to the astral knot training that I had been doing in the simulation, the situation turned out fine. And let me tell you, it was like nails on a chalkboard trying to do some of this stuff because the part of me that was anxiously attached would just be screaming like the kid on the roller coaster that didn't want to be there and is next to their parent who's probably kind of laughing because it's really hilarious sometimes when someone is screaming in fun fear. Um, but the kid is like, I hate you. Get me the hell off of this ride. <laughs> So I was definitely, uh, I hate you get me the hell off of this ride sometimes, but by continually engaging with my timeline training, we continued to work through different things. And over a pretty short period of time, I would say over the course of about 
seven months, maybe I went from being a person who needed uh, affirmation, validation, contact, reinforcement constantly um, with my anxious attachment style to someone who's just secure. And unless there's some kind of big stressor happening, I don't usually fall into that anxious place anymore. So along with all this happening, I also started to notice how linked manifestation is to this. Manifestation uh, started to become more instantaneous in such a way that I had to um, get so careful about the thoughts I had in my head. And here's why (laughs) I will tell you when this really, really started. I continued to have these simulation dreams that would involve different events in my life. And sometimes it would be a little bit symbolic. Um, Before the flood, before the pandemic, so let's see, we're going back to about a year ago, a little over a year ago. I had one of those really long future dreams, only this one was a little more um, symbolism and metaphor and not meant to be exactly literal. And in the dream, one of the things that I was doing was... uh, like I was kind of frantic in the dream, trying to secure both of my children in two different places. And also my dog at the time, who was, um, a very sweet puppy. I had her for 13 years. She kind of always only loved me. She was definitely like my familiar. I feel like she took on a lot of my physical challenges. It was a very rough time that she was with me for is in my body. And, um, I think that was part of her agreement with me. And as much as, um, I understand and accept that those things are as they are and they are agreed on mutually. It still gave me a lot of, uh, 3d world angst, but I had this dream where I was trying to secure all of these people. Then, um, about late October, maybe, I started thinking to myself that, um, because her care was getting more and more intensive and she didn't seem to be tolerating it as well. She had diabetes towards the end and I didn't want to keep her alive in misery, but I also didn't want to tell her when it was time to go. So I was kind of letting her tell me. But I was downstairs in my house, and to give you a clear picture, uh, while I was on chemo every other week for six years, there was a lot that went untended. There were a lot of things that were not taken care of. There were a lot of things that were just kind of thrown all over the place, and the worst part of the house was downstairs there there was new carpet in the kids bedrooms and there was paint on the walls in there but the rest of the downstairs had this really honestly gross old carpet and 
you know, there was really nothing down there that was that great. And then in the meantime, my oldest son, who is um, not, he's kind of like a mad scientist. That's his aesthetic, meaning stuff everywhere, but he knows where it all is, so don't touch it. However, uh, his stuff <laughs> tends to expand out into the family room and the office area and the hallway and the stairs. And then if I don't put my foot down, it spreads upstairs. And so anyway, at this point in time, late October last year, I was feeling like, man, I just, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I wish I could just wash this all away and start over and get it all fixed. And I, I actually had the thought in my head at one point that there was something going on with my plumbing that I was probably going to have to have to deal with, with a hot water heater. And then I also had the thought, um, not having any idea. Okay. Mind you that anything was going to happen, but I just had the thought maybe the best thing would be if it did flood down here and then I could just start over and it would get fixed and I wouldn't have to try to do all this work myself because the intention was move all the stuff out, rip out the carpet, put in new flooring, paint it, you know, do it all with myself and kid labor and my soulmate whenever he got here to America, which we were in the process of making that happen. So, um, November 10th, after about a day and a half of really miserable and unsatisfactory care from my veterinarian, um, Cherie, my little Ishan, she died in my arms, in my lap, and uh, I knew that it was time for her to go. But I didn't know at that time how timely her exit was and that she knew what she was doing and she knew she needed to go because I was going to have to flash back to that symbolic dream of lots of water and me trying to protect my children and my dog, right? Uh, she knew she needed to go and that I wasn't going to be able to take care of her as easily. Um, then I just melted in a giant puddle of, um, self-pity, sadness, and had a complete and total freak out, which I figured out a little further out from that experience that part of the issue was that I hadn't slept alone since my ex-husband had moved out. Um, I had always had my little dog. So that was like the first period of my life where I totes slept solo in a bed for a really, really long time. Like it had been 20 something years since I didn't have, um, an animal familiar or a person with me. So, uh, cue dark night of the soul. And I was going through a lot of stuff. And then in the meantime, so was my soulmate. We had some struggles during that time both with me being like, but you don't understand what I'm going through. And him being like, but you don't understand what I'm going through, which we worked through and we'll get through, get to that in probably a different format. He and I together. Cause like I said, I don't want to share all of the intimate details of our 
relationship because it is ours and not just mine. But as things were happening, I kept having these glowing signposts, these things that I would see and I would remember having in that very long trip to the future. I would see them and I would go, okay, I know things look kind of shitty right now, but I'm still on the right timeline. I'm still on the right timeline with my soulmate. I'm still on the right timeline with my kids and for the future. So then, uh, that was November 10th, the dog passes away and November 20th. <laughs> oh, how my manifestation backfires on me sometimes. At the time, it seemed like, what the fuck have I just done to myself? But it wasn't too long after that I started to see the gift in it all um, and that it was the best thing that could have happened to me. But at the time, uh, it was kind of a panic and a real big pain in the ass. So remember that thing I said about if the house flooded and everything got fixed, how much easier my life would be? <laughs> Well, you guessed it. So I'm home, kids are at school, and the hot water heater, uh, the, the pressure valve blows. And fortunately, I was home because if I hadn't been home, I'm pretty sure we would have had a couple feet of water at least by the time I got home. Where the uh, water was coming out, luckily I heard it, so it, it had maybe been on like a half an hour at the most. But by the time I got there, we already had about six inches of water that was starting to spread its way through the downstairs. At the same time that's happening, my school district was shutting down the schools for a double uh, virus problem. I think we had norovirus and like another respiratory flu virus at the same time. So they were like, all right, we're shutting the schools, which in hindsight of COVID, I can't help but wonder if there's something going on with that as well. But at any rate, the whole county shut down schools. And so the kids are texting me um, while the house is flooding <laughs> to come get them at school. So I had to call their dad, tell him uh, what was going on ask him to go get them and then to hurry up and come over and help with the situation. Um, cause he happens to do pressure washing. So he had a truck that could suck out some of the water while I was waiting for the insurance company emergency crew to come and do the, um, abatement of the flood that had happened. Oh my goodness. So <clears throat> what an ordeal. My kids, um, I did the best I could before everyone got home, throwing down whatever blankets, towels I could to soak up water because it, I managed to keep it from going all the way through their bedrooms. So it was about the front two feet closest to the hot water heater, but then the rest of their room was still okay. So not everything of theirs was destroyed. My son lost a lot. My oldest son lost a lot more stuff because he's the one who's the mad scientist I mentioned. And so his stuff was all over. But as soon as the kids got home, we started just bringing everything upstairs, basically, uh, that 
we could that we didn't want to be damaged before it got any worse and um, got all the wet stuff in garbage bags and it was just a mess and within an hour we had the cleanup crew here and so then for the next because it was <laughs> the week before Thanksgiving guess how speedy the insurance adjuster and the insurance company was not at all <laughs> the uh, adjuster couldn't come out until the day before Thanksgiving um, she was kind of new to the area, so didn't quite understand maybe that life works differently in a small town versus in a larger uh, area where people have more disposable income. But at any rate, I couldn't just uh, slap down a few thousand dollars for a hotel or for um, a B&B. Uh, while I was waiting for her to do that. And then in the meantime, we had um, a cat and two reptiles in 100-gallon reptile tanks that would have to go with us wherever we went. So I was kind of... And then and then um, there were like 20 industrial drying fans downstairs. It was crazy. So you don't need to know all the details of that. But at any rate, um, over the next... <laughs> two three months so that was like mid to late November um, by the time we got put in a hotel it was after Thanksgiving it was two weeks after the flood uh, we had been living in this pretty toxic environment because they had to come in and rip out all that old carpet the day after the flood because the day after the flood it smelled like a swamp in here. It was so disgusting. I didn't even realize until afterwards how bad it was. But at any rate, we finally get moved to um, hotel suites after Thanksgiving, uh, which we had at a hotel uh, buffet. Um, what that experience did for the kids and I is it made us really tough and in the process we wound up moving our stuff about five times between going to the hotel moving from one suite to different suites a couple times for both suites I couldn't stay in the same suite with my kids because you could only have so many pets per uh, room in the long-term suites and uh so that was all kind of crazy, you can imagine. And then suddenly we were living in a hotel, which kind of change your, changes your whole life. How you do going to school, picking them up, uh, running your errands, doing your laundry, all of that stuff. So a lot of upheaval all through the holidays. Um, my youngest was going through a lot at the time. And... Um, already without all the flood and all the upheaval so somehow we all managed to get through it and over the course of a winter when um really just want to be hunkered down and not doing anything I made sure the kids were getting to school and staying on track with their stuff and then at the same time dealing with contractors and remodeling and picking out things and moving stuff and uh, we had to pack up everything from downstairs and have it moved into a storage pod in the driveway. And it was a lot. I think between the three of us, we put in something like 288 hours 
that I managed to track and there was probably more than that. That's a good tip for you to know in case you ever have an insurance claim. Keep track of your physical labor, doing laundry, packing, all of that stuff because it's all counted as flood abatement that if you didn't do it, they would have to pay someone else to do. So they will uh, give you that money. Um, but they don't, you know, tell you that necessarily in advance. So check with your insurance adjuster <laughs> should you ever have to do that. But by the time January, the end of January rolls around, we're finally done getting everything put back together. The contractor's all done. Everything's been wiped down and reactivated. Um, we get our stuff moved back in and we start the process of we get moved out of the hotel also what a pain that was we start the process of getting things back kind of in order and right about the time we uh get into the house and we have everything moved in and everyone moved back in including the pets our bearded dragon um she starts at the beginning of february laying eggs she's i think at this point almost six years old and has never been gravid before never had eggs before well this egg laying process can be very dangerous for reptiles and they need constant um, attention and maintenance you have to make them a digging box where they have coconut fiber and they dig a hole so they can sit in there and lay their eggs and you have to have a heat lamp on it. So anyway, I spent the next three weeks, <laughs> the beginning of February, babysitting an egg laying dragon as if my life wasn't already weird enough. Back up a little, um, that summer before I had done an interview for, um, my friend Paige, who was murdered a long time ago, that's another story, but I had done this interview for some crime show they were doing, and uh, they had mentioned there might be promo later on, no big deal, um, but yeah, sure, I guess I could go do that if I had to. I have a dream that this promo does happen and that I'm telling my soulmate, my love about how I'm going to New York and I'm going to be on the Dr. Oz show and I'm going to get to see my, um, great uncle who I hadn't seen since I was a little girl. Uh, he lives in Manhattan, even though he's in his eighties by himself in an apartment. Such a cool, amazing man. Um, so, guess what? This bitch was on Dr. Oz. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, my friend's father, who probably would have gone and done this if um, he had been alive, he had passed away around that Christmas so I was pretty much the only one left to go do this promoting of this show that was going to be on, I think it was CNN. Honestly, I've done so many of those things that they all kind of blend together in my head. But all I cared about was that I was getting a free trip to New York that I would never have been able to pay for 
my house is remodeled, my kids were fine. Um, I didn't have to worry about my dog or anything else while I was gone. But then there was this COVID thing coming, you know, kind of watching that. And so I was already someone who is very careful, wearing masks, all that good stuff. And uh, so I was careful on this trip. And sure enough, I'm in New York the week that COVID officially hits. And it was a very strange experience because when I got there, it was like regular New York. And then by about the second or third day, you could tell things had shifted and people were starting to get scared. They were starting to get a lot of weird information and everybody was just on edge there. And by the time it was the day that I was supposed to tape the show, I was honestly looking forward to getting on that plane and going home because I could just feel that, that anxiety and panic energy of a city with so many people in it. And I just wanted to get home to my kids. But I tried to stay present in the moment. I did go on Dr. Oz. That was a trip. He was a nice man, even if um, some of what he says is BS, in my opinion. And I did get to meet my um, one of my uncles that I'd never met before and got to have dinner with him and my great uncle. And it was a wonderful experience. Flying home was bizarre. It kind of felt like being in The Walking Dead because I was flying out of uh, Newark and they, the, the airport was practically empty. But then when I got on the plane, the plane was packed. Everybody wanted to GTFO New York. Uh, have my mask on and all that good stuff. And I come home. And then um, shortly after that, there's lockdown and quarantine and pandemic and panic buying and all of that stuff going on. And the funny thing about all of it was, is that the kids and I were kind of like, huh, all right, well, just another thing to manage. Certainly not harder than what we've already been doing. If anything, it was a lot easier because we didn't have to pack our whole house and move five times. But talk about manifestation and freaky uh, trips forward in time and being prepared for things when the moments arrive. So here we are now. And this manifestation and timeline thing, the growing in relationships and creating the future For me at this point, it is all about holding on to that glimpse of the future that I've had and paying attention to the markers that come along as I do them. And when they happen, it is, it is such an amazing experience because as it's happening, you know that it's happened before. And, uh, any of my friends who listen to this, they will probably be like, Oh, that's what the heck is wrong with her and why she asks me that all the time. Because Um, often these days I wind up saying to people, did we talk about this before or have we done this before? Or do you remember us doing that before? Because, um, quite often I have already rehearsed or experienced or, um, processed what is currently happening. Another phenomenon that I have noticed with my strange uh, perception of time, time stretching, 
time going by faster sometimes in what feels like an accelerated way. Part of what I've noticed is that a lot of the readings that I watch, tarot readings, card readings, energy readings, readings that I receive, um, a lot of times they're, especially if it's like a collective reading, it almost feels like I'm just a few weeks ahead on the timeline not, and not ahead in some kind of hierarchical way. Just the reading that is given out will be primarily about what has already transpired for me. And then there might be just a little bit that's what I would call maybe future. Um, I've come to feel that I think all time exists all at the same time. And we have access to this. We have access to this in the astral knot training. And we're starting to have access to it in the 5D Earth experience. You have access to this. You have access to this manifestation. And the closer you align with your highest self and with an open mind and heart, that time is not what we think it is, the more instant your manifestation is and the more important it is that you keep in your heart and mind the vision and feeling of the future that you're creating for yourself, the world that you want to live in. See the world the way you want to be it, um, <laughs> the way you want to be it. That was sort of a Freudian slip, but not. I think I meant it exactly the way I said it. See the world the way you want to be it because you are the world and you're creating it. So over the weekend, I had an amazing, very comprehensive, very detailed dragon reading from AOE, Angel on Earth. And as I started listening to her talk and looking at the cards, I immediately knew that all of this was rehearsed and that I remembered every bit of it. As she went through, it was very interesting because there were some things she was saying and she was like, well, my guys are telling me to say this, but I think you're already past this stuff, but I don't know. And then I'm listening to it from the point of remembering this experience with her and saying to myself, okay, this is where I'm supposed to not doubt myself and to recognize that this has happened before. And for both of us to understand this experience of time in this moment and this experience of time loops and, and uh, manifesting our world, co-creating our world with the universe as we are trying to do. So the reading was fantastic and it gave me some really important insight into how to proceed from here on out with the situation with helping my mom because that has been having some physical effects on me and now I understand better how to abate that and how to use my energy to help her process what she can't process on her own. But the reading, if, if you, if I had gotten this reading from AOE like a year ago, the beginning to end would have been the last year of my life. 
And the very end of the reading was present and immediate future for me. And I have very good guidance on what to do. But this was like a review of my last year of experience. It was showing me everywhere I've been, what I've come through, and kind of giving me the add a girl and a thumbs up and here's what you need to move forward. And now that you're at this new level of multidimensional awareness and existence, we are here to serve you and help you uh, be able to shine your light as brightly as you can in the world. So what do we do with all this timey-wimey stuff, right? What is the whole point of all this? The point for me is that if you're experiencing any of these kinds of feelings, even if it's a feeling of like, wait a minute, how did I get in this room of the house? Or, whoa, they weren't standing there a second ago and now they are. Those are little things to remind you that you are starting to be aware of the fluidity of time. Be aware of your dreams. Be aware of feelings of, oh, I've seen this before. I remember this. Or I really feel this is what I'm supposed to do. Follow those instincts. And the most important thing is to be keeping the best, highest, images and feelings and thoughts in your awareness because we are instantly manifesting. We have the ability to instantly manifest and you might say, okay, well then why do we have war and um, world hunger and why do we have racism and police brutality and these things happening? And that would be because we're not alone in this. There's millions of us on this planet co-creating and manifesting, and a lot of people aren't even aware that it's happening. So they have um, toxic thoughts and fears that are sort of bucking up against others who are manifesting uh, a higher good for everyone. It is not your job to worry about that in particular, those other people. It really is as simple as going within. It really is as simple as asking for guidance. It really is as simple as seeing and feeling things as you want them to be and surrendering to how they come about. Because it wasn't too long after the flood when I realized that I was going to be getting new paint, new carpet, um, and all of these things, and that I was getting to stay in a hotel that made breakfast for us every day, because there was this big breakfast buffet thing, and that uh, I was being reimbursed for some of our dining out bills, and that I started to realize, okay, I know this sucked initially, but I immediately just said to myself, this is going to be for my greatest good, and it was. And I settled into it. I kind of went limp and just went, well, this is what it is. And I'm going to enjoy everything out of this experience that I can and do it with grace and not uh, make myself crazy spinning my wheels trying to change something that I can't change. 
So whatever is coming on the horizon for she for you, I hope this helps a little bit. I will go more into modalities and methods of time travel, astral projection, and experimenting with that. You know, more like a how-to guide. But I wanted to tell you this story first, and it's still in progress. Um, obviously, the pandemic and uh, before that, the flood kind of slowed down and got in the way of efforts to um, reunite me and my soulmate. And in spite of the fact that things in the world might seem like that is super far out in the future. We're, we're still holding on to the vision and feeling of our future. And I am holding on to the belief that I know how this turns out. No matter how it might look right now, it does turn out okay. And eventually we will be at that place in the timeline. So I hope that gives you, I don't know, some kind of belief in yourself, some kind of belief that things aren't always what they seem, and some kind of belief in what I'm saying as being true. Because I know it sounds kind of crazy when people start talking about time travel and timelines and merging timelines. So if you're becoming aware of different realities, different um, parallel timelines, different potentials, in your personal experience of the world. Just lean into it. Ask for more information. Ask for your highest good. Have some fun with it. You can go into other timelines and resolve trauma with people. You can go into other timelines and work out a situation for its greatest good in the present. Sometimes all it really is is imagination. What if time travel was just imagination all along? At any rate, you have tremendous power within you. And it's all there for you to discover. So keep seeking. I think I'm going to cut it off there because I've really been talking for a long time. And I hope all that made sense. It's really been quite an incredible ride. <laughs> And from my vague perception of time, I'm fairly certain that I'm still about a year out from the point in the timeline where my soulmate is here in my backyard and the person who bought me the barn is moving their stuff out of it. And we're all happily working together, but I know it's coming. And I'm going to hold on to that. So you hold on to your dreams too. Hold on tight to your 
choice that it will be, surrendering to how it happens, and removing your attachment to outcome, just holding that belief and that feeling in your heart will get you there eventually. I know that doesn't mean much sometimes when you're in the moment and you're figuring out, especially right now, how to pay your rent, how to feed your kids, how to do the things you need to do, and there's always work to do there's always work that you're going to need to do. I don't know that we're going to get to some earthly place where everything is perfect, but I do believe that the higher vibrational frequency we are trying to ascend together to as a planet and as humanity will make it so that there is more basic needs available for everyone so that things like world hunger and homelessness are not the degree to which they are now. We have to keep in mind that there may be people whose free will it is that they um, 
are on that journey for a reason. So it's kind of um, not our choice to impose prosperity upon them if they don't want it. Do you know what I'm getting at? I guess what I'm trying to say is that this this better world that we're all co-creating together. Of course, we would love to think that there will no, be nobody hungry and nobody homeless and nobody struggling, but part of that is also free will. And I'm not saying that if you're going through a hard time that you chose it. Not in this dichotomy, because as we all know, government, countries, uh, colonization, <laughs> world structure, I could go on for days, have a direct effect on what is available to most people. And that is the problem, is that right now there is an imbalance of availability, of resources, of sharing, of abundance. There is no logical reason with the resources available in this world that anyone should be hungry or homeless, unless that is their choice as part of their life journey, which I imagine whatever point in the future we have gone over this hump of creating new economies, new systems of governance, new systems of um, providing for each other and sharing in the collective bounty that is available on this planet, there will still be people who uh, are living maybe a life that we deem less desirable but that may just be part of their personal journey and choice and we don't get to tell them how to live. But at any rate, what I see is that it's available to everyone and it should be available to everyone. And I think those of us who feel that way are going to find ways to make better systems so that it truly is available to everyone. Right now, um, myself and lots of other people are in a situation where we are separated by governments, by borders, by COVID, by politics by so many things by immigration and it didn't make sense to me before but it especially doesn't make sense to me now that a government or a world leader or some person sitting in their uh, office deciding who gets to have abundance and who doesn't deciding who gets to come to a country and who doesn't why does it make sense that they get to decide who I love why does it make sense that they get to decide where we can live none of that makes sense to me so that's why I'm holding on tight to my dreams and you all hold on tight to yours you know how to find me love you all